You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easy and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. Today's guest is a finance professional that does a lot of work with early stage Colorado companies. After graduating from CSU with an accounting degree, he served as CFO for a few companies over the years until he began his fractional CFO career in 2011. Now running Ascent CFO Solutions, his team helps many Colorado companies with financial and growth strategies. He chose to become a CFO for hire because he loves entrepreneurship, working closely with teams and uh, who are building high growth businesses and helping new and established companies reach their potential. Thank you for being here on the show, Dan DeGolier. Matt, thanks a ton for having me. This is, uh, this is really fun. I'm excited to, uh, to talk to you today. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to remember, you and I have known each other for probably three, four years now. I'm trying to remember who introduced us originally. But we were sitting here uh, on site in your office up in Boulder and first met you in uh, the coffee shop downstairs, Ozo. We were at Ozo downstairs when we first met, yeah. Right. I, try, I can't remember exactly who introduced us either, either but... Yeah, uh, it was a while ago, but then, uh, you know, we've gotten to know each other quite well over the years, uh, both gotten involved in EO, Entrepreneur's Organization. Yep. And, um, yeah, let's, let's jump into that, actually. I, I've, uh, EO has been a, uh, just a massive uh, positive impact in my business and mm-hmm. my kind of entrepreneurial journey. What has been your experience since you've been involved now for about three, what, three years? About three years. Yeah, no, it's been great. You know, so EO is a, it's a global organization, but uh, there's, there's regional events, there's chapter events. But for me, the, the magic happens at the forum, right? So a forum is, is made up of uh, eight or ten people in a room who get together once a month and, and really just uh, talk about business, personal, and family issues and, and try to go deep, try to go 5%. Wow. And it's, uh, yeah, so it's all other... Everyone else in the room is a business owner, just like you. Everyone's a business owner and who's to, to qualify. Right. It's kind of like uh, group therapy for us entrepreneurs. It is a lot like Much that. needed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. We, we, we joke about that, that it, there tends to be a, a very much of a group therapy type uh, uh, feel to it. And, yeah. You know, we, we go get vulnerable and, and share things. So yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been really valuable to my business. That's great. Were you doing anything like that prior to EO? I wasn't. No, okay. I wasn't, and it was. I, I specifically sought out something that would give me that sort of um, uh, you know, support support system that you don't really have as a as a sole you know as the sole owner of the business. I don't really have an executive team. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say 
a, a very common theme among people that we have on this show. We talk about the need for mindfulness and the need for being authentic and vulnerable right. with your peers and everything. Was that hard for you to sink into having not really done that prior to your forum? It wasn't hard, actually. I think I just, I found a, a great forum that I was able to really connect with pretty quickly. And so I was, I think I had been really seeking that that group that I could get vulnerable with and could could really yeah. go go deeper with. So Yeah, I think it's incredible. It's like um, how you do anything is how you do everything. So whether you uh, think it does or not, some issue you're having at home is definitely going to impact your business or vice versa. Definitely. You know, and uh, that's a great place to kind of work all that out, just get it out of your head. And Indeed. Get advice from uh, your peers. So Indeed, yeah, that's, that's great. It's been it's been a great a great experience so far. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk. Um, I know that you you have provided mentoring, and I know that you serve on some boards for some Colorado companies, some incubators. Um, wanted to learn more about what you're doing. You work with a lot of earlier stage companies in Colorado. A lot of the entrepreneurs here. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, kind of that journey. Uh, if you can, who you're kind of working with in terms of mentorship and yeah. uh, that sort of thing. Maybe I'll start by giving a little bit of, of background of how I came to, 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 where, to, to starting Ascent. Um, I was with a early stage, after, after working with a number of, um, uh, of high growth companies, um, I had taken a role at, at a pretty early stage company um, in, in Boulder and identified that they needed help with, they needed CFO help. They needed help building a model, building a forecast, um, f raising, raising a round of, of venture capital. But they were pretty early stage, and they really couldn't afford a full-time CFO. So that was sort of my light bulb moment to say, wouldn't it be interesting to support more than, more than one company? What if, I could, what if I was CFO and could be at a strategic level for two or three or four different companies at a time? And so that was my light bulb moment in 2008. Then in 2011, I, I started doing exactly that. I started working with, with multiple companies um, as a fractional CFO. Um, I was under the brand of Degolier Consulting at the time. Mm. We eventually renamed the company to Ascent CFO Solutions in 2015. Um, but the sort of impetus for the whole thing was that we can, we can provide... Um, you know all those things that you would want from a from a full time CFO, the the thing the uh, you know again the financial modeling, the cash flow forecasts, the accounting automation, but on a on a buy by the bite type model, right? So you you the companies are getting the strategic support they need from a CFO just for the hours that they're that they need that strategic side. If right. They, when it comes to closing the books, they get a controller at that rate. If they, if it, the transaction stuff with senior accountants. So our team is made up of 20 people. Yeah. Uh, half of us are CFOs. The rest are controllers, senior accountants, and accounting managers. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a perfect fit um, for, is there, is there a, what's the catalyst for uh, needing to hire somebody like you? Is there a revenue threshold? Is there a uh, it's usually size. when a company's going through a, a transformation. So okay. maybe they're about to raise, they're about to raise a round. They've just raised a round. They're going through revenue growth. So we work with venture back companies, angel back companies, and, and bootstrap companies that are that are growing through cash flows. Okay, great. Yeah, and so you're that makes so much sense. Uh, I, you know, I'm thinking of my company. I might have a need for, you know, three hours a week, if that, mm -hmm. for that level of financial kind of strategy and planning, but our, outside of that. Our best engagements is where, 
our CFOs really engage as part of the executive team. Okay. So there may be a day a week or two days a week, but they really step in, um, engage as part of the management team. They're mm -hmm. in the executive strategic sessions. Yeah. And they're in the board meetings, um, and they are the right hand to the, the CEO. They're just not full-time. Right. And so you... Uh, the advantage is, one thing that I've, I've found is I've, is I've given a lot of thought to where we're going and where, um, uh, you know, how we differentiate is that the caliber of teammate you can get on a fractional basis can sometimes be higher than you can get on a full-time basis. You get somebody, a CFO in the prime of their career who's doing some great work, um, and they may not want to work for just one, for one company um, there where they have to go down and, and, you know, process payroll and close the books and, and in order to, to keep themselves busy for a 40-hour week, they kind of have to do everything. And the company right. can only afford really one headcount in some cases for right. early-stage companies. Whereas um, the, the CFO gets the opportunity to work with two or three or four or five different companies. Uh, maybe one company is two days a week and it's a, it's a growing SaaS company. Then maybe for a day a week, they're working with a, a real estate developer. And maybe a half a day a week, they're working with an online retailer. So mm. they get a lot of exposure to different things as well. And they get to be very strategic in their role. Right. And um, so I can, I can attract some incredibly talented CFOs to my team. Yeah. What happens if um, uh, one of your clients, you place one of your CFOs with one of your clients, <laughs> they love them so much and they help them grow so much that they uh, want to bring them on full time? You're just poking the soft part right now, <laughs> right now <laughs> Matt. Uh, yeah, so that hadn't happened for a long time until, until last year. A, a couple CFOs uh, got uh, taken away by clients. Um, uh -huh. At first I was like, I was, I was bothered, I was, you know, uh, well, I'm not thrilled about it, but it was it, my first reaction was was uh, was frustration. But then I realized it kind of validates the model. We've got we've we've got really talented CFOs. Right. They perform great work for clients, help clients get to that um, get to that next level, and now they need full time, and they're pointing to that to that person, saying, "I really want want this person." So it's it's tough because now we have to transition their other clients to other CFOs. Oh, right. Uh, which is you know the biggest issue, but at the same time. It's it's good for the you know if it's what the CFO wants um, and they, it's a great opportunity for them and and the, the company I'm not going to get in the way and, and prohibit that from happening right um, I'd like to get compensated for it a little bit but right yeah that makes <laughs> sense yeah and hey maybe uh, they need some uh, controller work still that uh, they outsource to you guys. that's been the case in some in some situations yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great that's great what uh, what do you uh, aside from obviously just you know being involved in helping other entrepreneurs what's uh, what drives you to you know, getting involved in mentoring and kind of the yeah. uh, some of the incubators around town here, just kind of being in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I love entrepreneurship, right? I mean, I started my career in public accounting doing audit and tax, which was great for a while, and it was a good education. Um, but I wanted to be involved in building things. So, mm -hmm. so you know, mentoring over at Galvanize or doing some, some work with one of the accelerators um, is, is really interesting because um, I get to, you know, be part of that you know that that small passionate team that's that's building something cool and something disruptive right and so it really gets allows me to tap that entrepreneurial um part of my of my bloodstream i guess yeah and, and get uh and go deep are there any um any companies you've worked with that are that particularly struck struck you as interesting or transformational or I mean, a number. I'm probably probably won't name names here, but yeah, right. um, but but yeah, there's been a few that have just been, uh, um, you know, going through, um, uh, you know, 
preparing for M&A. That's been one area that we've really, really enjoyed over the, over the years is worked with several of our clients have, have exited. So we've been able to be part of, part of that process, helping them with diligence, helping them with, you know, negotiating terms with their, with the potential acquirers, um, you know, working with the investment bankers if they've hired an investment bank. Um, so that's been a very fulfilling, um, part of part of what we've done and then, and some of it is, is just that strategic you know that th those strategic meetings when you're looking at pricing strategies and go-to-market strategies and in ways to uh, to really scale yeah so um, I'm gonna ask a little bit of a self-serving question here <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> I, because I am not a numbers I'm not drawn to finance and accounting and things like that I very much more enjoy business strategy and marketing and sales, sure. that side of business. Um, are there any themes that you see with your clients, particularly smaller, earlier stage companies that are, you know, doing things wrong? Like what's the, what are the kind of the themes you see when you come in and you look at what's happening? What are people missing? What are companies just not thinking about enough of? That sort of thing. Well, we've definitely inherited plenty of situations where a client has neglected their books for a while. They need to ha have the books cleaned up. Yeah. And I know some people get frustrated by that and say, well, how can you just neglect that? And I don't get... I don't look at it the same way. I know way. how, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at it the same way. I look at it as, hey, until you, when you're an early stage company, you want to build a product that people are going to buy and, and then get those people to buy it. Until you've, until you've established that you've got, that you've built something that people are actually going to buy, um, it's okay to ignore some of the other, you know, administrative stuff for a while. But mm. then you'll pay a little bit more when it comes time to clean it up and you go, got to have to go back and maybe, re, you know, amend the tax return and, right. and restate the, your historical revenue recognition. But um, until you've pr really proven something, it, it's, uh, it, it's I, I don't fault people for, for not prioritizing spending money on, on, on finance and accounting yeah. in, in, those, in those early days. Okay. So, yeah, so it's just more of a, you know... I, what I'm hearing is I'm not the only one. No, <laughs> no it's just more one. of a, uh, uh, it's okay to ignore it to a certain extent for now. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to encourage people to do that, no, no. but, but um, I don't, I don't uh, fault people necessarily right. if, if they're prioritizing, uh, again, that very early you know, stage where they're, where they're growing something from scratch oh, and sleep build, right building now. something Thank disruptive. <laughs> That's great. So, um, uh, what else should what else should what else do your your you know your customers really ask of you get from you in terms of what you're providing your team? Yeah, um, so you know I'll, I'll kind of recap a little bit on um, the the model being so different than so the fact that you can get a high caliber person uh, who is Doing, you know, being your right hand strategic CFO, yeah. who is helping you really understand your cash flows, helping you um, build different scenarios of of a growth, rolling three year rolling forecast financial model, who can run some scenarios around um, uh, some ROIs on some some marketing uh, initiatives. Somebody, you, so you can have that that really you know talented person. Um, you know, working with them 12, 16 hours a week. Um, and then, so you're not paying, you know, the, the 200K plus salary for that person. You're mm -hmm. paying the benefits uh, there. And they, and they also can stay above the fray around 
the politics of the organization in some cases. I, I know I can't imagine any companies have any politics or anything, but <laughs> but you know that, that this person can come in, they can they can just do their job, uh, really help with that strategic piece of, of the business, and then um, if if there's closing of the books and, and and you don't have an accounting staff, then you can have a um, you know, a two-day-a-week controller who is overseeing maybe your full-time accountant. So we can really customize and tailor the um, the team based on each client's needs. Yeah. So um, and and so it, it it becomes a very cost-effective strategy, right? Rather than having to um, have a, a full-time employee in, in each of these different roles in those stages. And then we have plenty of situations over clients where where it evolves over time, right? They start out where they're working with a Maybe it's a, a day-a-week bookkeeper and a half-day-a-week CFO, and eventually they get to a point where they need a c- controller, and then they hire their own full-time bookkeeper. We help mm. them. We're not a recruiting firm by any sense, but we'll help help them, you know, vet candidates and help them hire full-time people. Um, and then, and our role becomes more and more just the strategic CFO. Yeah. Um, as as it evolves over time. You know, and just speak really quick to the the, you know, the politics or whatever. It might not be politics at a small company, but it might be just headbutting, you know, disagreements, and I can see where there's a lot of value, and you're somebody on your team that's a, a little bit of an outsider looking into a situation right. or a, analytically, a dynamic relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Take can, an analytical view, look at the facts, right. you know, present, yeah. present things, but not, but not have the maybe the same level of emotional investment that, that the founders, founders would. Right, exactly, over some strategy or disagreement or whatever yeah expense reports that's right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> expense reports <laughs> what's that uh, office space tps reports yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great and before i forget uh how can our listeners uh reach out to you if they want to learn more if they want to if they think they're maybe ready for kind of the services that you're talking about here sure what's the best way for them to find you so our website's ascentcfo.com um, A-S-C-E-N-T-C-F-O.com. Okay. And uh, my email is dan at ascentcfo.com. Perfect. Pretty easy easy. Enough. <laughs> easy enough. Uh, so let's uh, jump to uh, kind of more personal stuff. You're um, uh, married. You're a father. How many kids do you have? I have three daughters. Three daughters. We How old are, are they? We are rapidly moving towards empty nesthood. Oh, my um, God. I've got two daughters in college, and a third one is a freshman at Boulder High. Okay. Which college are your first two going to? My first one's at Oberlin College in Ohio, uh-huh. and my second daughter is at Pratt Institute in New York in, in Brooklyn. Okay. Wow. Spread out. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, what do you... Uh, I'm sitting here in this conference room looking out at the Flatirons at Boulder an amazing view. What do you uh, What do you do for fun outside of work up here? Um, so I like to mountain bike. I like to ski, hike. So I guess the, the standard all, Colorado answer. All the right? things yeah. that those <laughs> yeah that those mountains offer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love to travel. Um, I've uh, about four years ago, uh, my three daughters and I all got scuba certified. So that has been one of our um, sort of. Uh, uh, Activities as we've started to plan vacations, nice. um, we've we've tried to to do some some uh, uh, scuba type destinations, yeah. and, and that, that's been a, that's been a lot of fun. Where have those been? Uh, so our first one was in Cuba. Oh wow! Uh, earlier I showed you a, a painting my daughter did of uh, on that trip that yeah. we, uh, when we were in Santiago to Cuba. Uh, well, we'd all over all over the, the island, but um, 
So that was our first dive trip. And then cool. we went to uh, Belize and did the Blue Hole and all that. That was, that was spectacular. Oh, wow. And then last year we did Cozumel. In between, we did Croatia. Uh, but, but we, and we thought about doing some diving in the, in the Adriatic, but um, it seemed like it was more trouble than it was worth, really. Really? So, yeah. yeah. That's right. You told me about, uh, I went on my birthday trip last summer. You told me about Var. Uh, Croatia and Havar Island. Yeah. Wasn't it was the best part of our trip, so thanks, <laughs> thanks again for that tip. Yeah, it's an amazing place. You're very welcome. Glad yeah, you, I, I thought you had a good time. <laughs> I wish that I would have spent uh, an entire week there instead of two nights, but... Um, you know, you can always go back again. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Great. Uh, let's transition out of the rapid-fire portion. Okay. And this is another chance for us just to get to know you on a personal level uh, a little deeper. So uh, tell us about any uh, favorite books that you've read. Gosh. Um, so I kind of alternate between books for fun and books for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess some business books that I've, I've really found to be interesting. Um, obviously, Jim Collins' Good to Great is kind of a classic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one that I um, read a number of years ago uh, that, was, that I thought was pretty impactful. Um, I really like Blue Ocean Strategy. Um, that's... A, that, that's um, all about disruption and huh. how companies um, can come in and, and and completely disrupt markets. So I think that's that's one I want to go back and reread again. It's been great. Yeah, and then, I've heard of that one. I need to check that out. Too. Yeah, and then um, of course traction. You know, the EOS kind of guidebook. We don't. We're, we're a relatively um, uh, uh, you know vertical firm, so we don't necessarily have a, a, a management team to really do a full a, an EOS type. Um, implementation. implementation at our company, but a number, quite, quite a few companies have done that um, that we've worked with, and um, it's really big within the entrepreneurs organization as well. Uh, yeah. EOS is, is a big thing there, so so traction is definitely one of my one of my go to books as well. Okay, EOS standing for Entrepreneurs Operating System. Correct, correct. Kind of like a, a methodology for running operating a business. Exactly right. And then traction is the book that basically sums up what that means or the, gives yeah. you the structure to follow. Right. Okay. Yeah. The book yeah. is kind of the Bible around EOS. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I can see how you could enjoy that. I've read about the first half of it. And again, as I said, I don't really enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> structure is not my, my foresight or my, uh, forte. Yeah, my strong suit. My forte, yeah. So, uh, no, I'm, uh, obviously it's, it's great info and it's how businesses scale. So I try my best to kind of uh, keep that stuff imp- implemented in our stuff too. But I'm by no means an expert, but there's a lot of great implementers in Colorado. It seems like it's really, um, it's really becoming uh, a standard by which a lot of companies operate. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. especially in EO. So Matt, one other book that I um, I found was really useful was um, Simon Sinek's Start with Why. I don't know if you've if you've come across that or not. Absolutely, and I've seen a lot of his videos. I I love that guy. So a few years ago when I was starting to realize that we were going through a transformation and I was no longer just a fractional CFO, but I was actually um, running a professional services firm. I I found this transformational aspect. Um, I I met with a a coach, with an executive coach, and the first homework she gave me was to watch some of Simon's videos and read Start With Why. And the other homework I had was to go talk to my people, some of my top CFOs at the time, and ask them why they choose to be at, to work for me, to mm-hmm. work for a cent CFO. They could earn, you know, 
200K or more base salary as a, as a CFO, go to the same spot, go to the same desk every day, you know, have a regular, you know, at the time we didn't have benefits. We now have health insurance benefits and 401K, but at the time we didn't have that. It was nice. people were 1099s. Yeah. Um, and I asked my CFOs and the, and the, the responses were the same. There was, there, was a, there was themes that came across with everybody, which was flexibility and variety is what the CFOs really, really liked. The fact mm. that they could work on a SaaS company one day and a manufacturing company the next and then an online retailer the next was, was something that they found was, was really interesting. And then people who want a flexible schedule, maybe they've got a young family at home or things like that. So that, right. was, yeah. that was really um, telling. And then this morning, actually before you came in uh, to our offices here, I had uh, our all-hands team meeting, which we do once a month, and I asked kind of that same question, like, hey, besides flexibility and variety, is there anything else um, that you, um, as a CFO or a controller or accounting manager or a senior accountant within Ascent, is there anything else besides flexibility and variety? And uh, one of my CFOs made a comment that it's all, they also feel like they can fast-track their professional growth because they're working with not just one company on a certain set of issues with one company. They're, they're working with two or three or four different companies, and they're, they get to face different kinds of challenges. And then they can come back to our team and bounce an issue around on our Slack channel or something. Say, right. Has anybody you know, tried to integrate X with Y? Has anybody, what, what have people tried to find to solve this issue? And, um, and so that's been a kind of a fun collaborative process that, that people, um, that was, that's, that's our why. Our yeah, why is, cool. is, is those types of things. To kind of offer, offer that uh, to, as a lifestyle, really, to, to your team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's sort of the gig economy, not exactly, but it's right. ki- it's kind of it's it's sort of on the periphery of of the uh, you know evolving gig economy. Yeah, and for those that don't know, Simon Sinek's uh, what that book is about, and I haven't read the book. I've seen there's a YouTube video mm-hmm. of I think it's a TED talk that he gave, and so. it's uh, people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. Yeah, and it's so powerful, and he kind of you know goes into that in detail. Yep. And we've done actually a lot of work in our company about uh, for Column Commercial about um, about that. So excellent, great, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, how about any f- of your favorite technologies that you use daily or weekly? Gosh, so I have to say that my my iPhone, I, I love it and I hate it. Right? I mean, it's such a it's such a distraction for everybody. You know, it, it pulls pulls you away from from real face to face conversations and things. But it can, but it is. Your, my go-to device, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's got pretty much anything you need to access is, is in that, uh, right there. that stupid little device in your pocket. Right, yeah. <laughs> Everything's up so love it and love it and hate it. Fascinating, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, a, uh, I'm an Android user, but I won't hold any grudges. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about any, uh, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear? I mean, I, I guess... I don't try to live through fear, first of all, but I would say that, you know, this this current climate we're in with, uh, um, you know, the we've had so many companies have only seen a bull market. So many companies have just seen this this high this ten years worth of bull market. Now we're starting to see, you know, these coronavirus fears and things like that. So I think. Um, we are in somewhat of a state of irrational exuberance, kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like in the dot com days. I kind of right. compared to that a little bit. Yeah, I can see uh, we're we're not maybe quite as irresponsible in our decision making, but we're still, um, uh, you know, in a situation where people just haven't haven't seen what what happens in a in a down market. So, from a business perspective, I guess my 
uh, a fear I have is that um, you know what, what's going to happen if the economy does take a take a pretty big drop. Um, what's going to happen with all with all these um, early stage companies and, and high growth companies that have been have not had to face those sorts of challenges before? Mm, so we're yeah. trying to um, think about you know what does that look like and you know with with our with our um, background and experience you know. Um, helping companies think about how they would navigate those waters. Yeah, kind of hedge for that. Yeah, that's right. great. That's great. Um, what are you most proud of about yourself or your company or your family? Yeah, I would say my, my family and, and my company. Um, I would, you know, I've, I've got three uh, awesome daughters and a wonderful wife, and um, they're really uh, very much, they're very powerful women. In all cases, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, in their in their confidence, and so I'm extremely proud of uh, proud of the family, um, and I'm really proud of the the team we've built at Ascent. Um, you know, we've really got. Uh, I can only, I always say, I, I can only grow the company as quickly as I can find A players to join the team, and we've just got some incredibly talented people um, who are you know really delighting clients and. And the whole company has grown through word of mouth, right? I've never done any any real marketing whatsoever. It's wow. all been all been referral based from guys like you, Matt. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's great. Uh, and so I'm really really proud of that we're doing some good things for for, for clients. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And then last question: uh, What is your superpower? What are you great at? Oh dear. I wasn't prepared for that one, Matt. No. <laughs> um, superpower. What am I great at? I guess um, being able to see the big picture and maybe the underlying issues around a uh, a team. Being able to to come in, evaluate um, all of the aspects of what's going on in a company, and maybe be able to try to find in a relatively reasonable amount of time figure out what the what some of the the core cause of, of an issue is. Wow, that's cool. That's a great talent to have. <clears throat> well, this was a fun conversation. I really enjoyed uh, learning more about Ascent CFO Solutions. Again, your website, ascentcfo.com. That's correct, yep. And your email is dan at ascentcfo.com. Pretty easy. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for your, uh, you know, telling more of your story. And um, yeah, we'll... Uh, keep the referrals coming. <laughs> Thanks a ton, Matt. No, it's been really, really fun, and I really appreciate the invitation to, uh, uh, to chat here. I've, I've listened to a lot of the podcasts on your, on your show, and um, uh, I'm happy to be in good company. Cool. Good, good work. Thanks for what you're doing for the, uh, for the community. Appreciate that. Appreciate that.